0: There's something really exciting happening here Mm -hmm. at Girlboss. It's not content. It's not a conference. It's not a podcast. Mm -hmm. It's not a Netflix series. It's not a book. All of those things are amazing. But this is a place where everyone listening to Girlboss Radio gets to go to meet. No, it's not a dating (laughs) app. It's... uh, much more wholesome. So if you want to see what the future looks like, if you want to be among the first to experience the future of Girlboss, go to thefuture.girlboss.com. Hey guys, we have a great guest coming up today. We're chatting with entrepreneur, actress, and model, Brooklyn Decker. We'll get to our chat with Brooklyn in just a moment, but first I want to talk a little bit about Lunia. I mean, I just rolled out of my Lunia and came to the office. Mm -hmm. No joke. I am obsessed. Uh, I needed PJs and went looking and they're either super stiff Mm -hmm. and like, look kind of cool like Peter you know Peter Pan yeah. you know PJs like the kids wear mm-hmm. but like probably not comfortable or it's like laundry that's like scratchy and like not necessary mm-hmm. or it's just like dumpity dump sweatpants and then I found Lunya and Lunya has filled this sweet spot in the marketplace mm-hmm. for sexy enough soft mm-hmm. enough washable enough mm-hmm. sleepwear that I really love beautiful and they have a new line called restore which is actually fda regulated smart sleepwear that promotes deeper more restful rem so you'll wake up feeling more energized wow uh and so when i used it i woke up and i mean it felt like i hadn't taken melatonin but i had so find out why Fast Company is raving about Lunia and get $15 off your first purchase when you go to Lunia.co and enter promo code Girlboss. That's Lunia.co, enter promo code GirlBoss for $15 off your first purchase. Lunia, sleepwear for the modern woman. Success. It's such a complicated idea, and yet for so long we've all collectively subscribed to a single definition of the word, which was likely given to us by a white-haired dude somewhere in a boardroom in the 1960s. And there's nothing wrong with that definition, with the notion of climbing a corporate ladder with a singular focus. But it's time to make space for a few other definitions, for side hustles and well-being and failing forward, and for the idea that success is a wild ride, not the destination at the end of it. Join me for a journey into the lives of women who are redefining success and paving the way for others with grit and grace. I'm Sophia Amoruso, the founder and CEO of Girl Boss Media, and this is Girl Boss Radio. Brooklyn Decker is an actress, entrepreneur, and a co founder of Finery.
1: Brooklyn's career started as a model when she was just a teenager. I was 14 when I first started. I was scouted in a mall. I mean, it's very cliche. Like Matthews, North Carolina, I scouted in a mall, 14 years old, and I went to New York for the first time on my 16th birthday to sign with an agency there. I'd been scouted in New York um, and then spent like my summers and spring breaks and any off time I had from school, I would go to New York and work. She quickly garnered success with publications like Sports Illustrated, Vogue, L, GQ, and Glamour.
0: Eight years ago, she transitioned into acting. She has played parts in Ugly Betty, Battlefield, and is currently working opposite Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin as a series regular on Netflix's hit show Grace and Frankie.
1: Not only are they incredibly talented and Emmy-nominated Oscar winners, like, there's the, the list of accolades is never-ending, but they are really leading the way in this I don't want to say new because women have been fighting for feminism for many 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 decades but they are really leading the charge and so as actors it's just a joy to watch them and to appreciate their talent but as women and friends it is such a privilege to to sort of like be in their wake Most recently,
0: Brooklyn has taken on a new role as co-founder of Finery, the world's first automated digital wardrobe platform. Finery was created with the premise of helping women get back some of their time, money, and mind space currently spent on their wardrobes. Finery is growing rapidly
1: and recently raised $5 million in funding. I can control my thermostat from my phone I can check on my kids' baby monitor from my phone, but I can't actually, when I'm shopping, go and see if I already own a black blazer in my closet. It's ridiculous. And so we essentially created the Clueless Closet in your phone. Today, Brooklyn's here to talk about how to
0: reinvent your career, the steps to fund your startup, and how to confidently navigate and break through a male-dominated business. We'll get to our chat with Brooklyn in just a moment, but first, Maggie and I are going to chat all about what's going on at Girlboss HQ. What's up, Maggie? Woop woop. Hello. So what's going on here at the HQ, Maggie? I've been here
2: podcasting mm-hmm. all day. Tell yeah. me. Busy as always. Tell me the news. Boiling and bubbling. Oh, yeah. The good kind. Hot in LA. That's mm-hmm. what you mean. Oh, yeah. That and we're just like busy. Mm-hmm. What I want to talk about is manifesting money. Someone who's been featured on self-service, Jericho's podcast, Gala Darling, wrote a piece about manifesting money and not just, you know, like finding a side hustle, but this is something that like you put out there into the universe. The energy of our world creates this kind of momentum and will thus bring you money, which obviously money's in the title i'm like yeah let's let's read about it let's talk about it it's really interesting and i promise you you'll have that you'll have that moment in your life that realization where you're like this happened because i made it happen and not just forcefully or anything it's just it's like i put it out into the universe talking about manifesting things Mm -hmm. is nice but actually manifesting them is a lot harder yeah or maybe not but where do you start Right. So there are a few things you can do that are really easy. I mean, one is feng shui your wallet. Literally get a new wallet. Really love your wallet. Don't just carry around a card in your back pocket. No Mm -hmm. offense if you do that. That's, I guess, okay. Um, But just get rid of all those receipts and the loyalty cards and really just keep it clean. And she actually mentioned anytime you have the color gold or green, that's a really good... um, association with your wallet so if your wallet's green then you'll see it and subconsciously your mind will think of money and i read something about sex being involved yeah sex too she claims and she says that your sex life and your bank account are um intricately linked not quantity so she's not asking you to go out there and just bang everything um, <laughs> but she more means when you're having great sex the money just flows in I guess it's just the energy that like you're good juju mm-hmm, that you're putting out spread them and the other thing she says is your hands are really important because you use them. For everything to get work done, use them to express yourself, making sure to take care of them is important. So, getting a manicure and maybe finishing them with a gold polish or something will um, just draw in more cash. We like gold. I know. Gold means money. They drip me in it. Ew. <laughs> just getting grosser and grosser.
0: So, <laughs> even if you're not a hippie, mm-hmm. there's ways where you can kind of prep yourself to receive what you
2: want from the universe right if some of these just don't sound like your vibe that's totally fine the big takeaway is don't beat yourself up and don't doubt yourself a lot of times we're our worst critic you know, like you have to want it. You have to believe in yourself, and you, you have, have to, to say believe it. in yourself. You mm-hmm. have to like stay naive enough to yeah. think you can do stuff. And I think actually,
0: older you get, mm-hmm. the harder it is to do that. Yeah, and I know. There's a lot of things that get better with age. Mm-hmm. One is knowing how hard it is to do things and having like fucked up, mm-hmm. and then having the confidence to do it again. Yeah. So it's easy when you're naive to just be like, oh, "Of course I can do that." Mm-hmm. I mean, or at least just like trip into it. Yeah. Anyway, so where can we? Read this piece by Gala Darling.
2: So if you want to read this specific piece, type A Witch's Guide to Manifesting More Money into the search bar at girlboss.com. And while you're there on girlboss.com, sign up for our newsletter so you get updates um, on the rig. Now get ready to hear from
0: entrepreneur, actress,
1: and co-founder of Finery, Brooklyn Decker. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Matthews, North Carolina, outside of Charlotte. Was that as like peaceful as it sounds? It was, yeah. It was sort of like that cliche, small town, Friday night football place to grow up. Were um, you a cheerleader? I was a cheerleader. Cool. No, it's not cool. I don't know. It's embarrassing. I'm it's like embarrassed like, no, but to admit that. it's like that. that. It's like... It's that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally was. I mean, I also ran track and played soccer, but it's what... Yeah, I was. Cool. I mean, cheerleaders that. are really athletic. It's not. That's like, very generous. Of really? You. No, but you're right. Like we competed. You do like backflips. We, we did all the flips and all the lifts and all the you know stunts. And I guess. Tumbling. I mean, I, I think I tried out one year. Actually, I was like, I was like the one probably with like wearing all black, who's like, I like. it. And What happened? Yeah, I try, no, it I didn't, didn't get it. happen. I, I don't think I had enough um, spirit, enough pep. Yeah, I had pep for days. Yeah, just ongoing pep that helped me out a lot. And you got started modeling pretty early. Yeah, I was. How old were you? Um, I was 14 when I first started. I was scouted in a mall. I mean, it's very cliche. Like Matthews, North Carolina, I scouted in a mall, 14 years old. And I went to New York for the first time on my 16th birthday to sign with an agency there. I'd been scouted in New York. um, And then spent like my summers and spring breaks and any off time I had from school, I would go to New York and work. And was like, oh, I can actually pay for college doing this. That would be nice. Um, so that was the plan to go and pay for school. And did you go to school? Never. I and never I? went to school. It start. I started working, and I sort of started getting some momentum. And it it just became this. I, I just got really lucky. And I missed school because I really wanted to go to college. All my friends were in college. So I started studying acting because this was in 2005. So there wasn't really, there were online courses, but you had to be a full-time student to take them. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't really get an online education. Yeah. Online was still new-ish, you know. No, there weren't, there was was, almost no online education. Right, exactly. And so I started studying acting. And then like the ultimate cliche model turned actor, that's what I did. It's amazing. And you're on a Netflix series that's gone for five seasons now. Yeah. We just finished our fifth season, Grace and Frankie. And um, yeah, it's, I mean, our leads are Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda, Sam Watterson, Martin Sheen. It's a great cast. It's a great thing to be a part of. So, I mean, modeling and acting,
0: yes, there's a camera involved, but they're very different things. Yes. How did you, I mean, was it scary to start, to start like putting yourself out there and... You know, learning how to do something completely new.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's something that looks, acting looks so easy from afar. And I know for me, I, there's so much luck involved. There's so much luck involved. And my, and the acting side of things, I made my mistakes on a really big stage. I kind of got my big break early, which seems like a huge gift and it was but with that comes you know you're you're basically screwing up and learning in front of a massive audience. And I feel like there is a privilege and luxury to being able to make those mistakes and really learn on a small stage. And I think that was something. obviously, I never would want to give up any of my early opportunities, but that's definitely something I wish had happened. I wish I had a little bit more experience before. I really got into it. So what was your first acting gig? My first acting gig ever, I was an extra in Devil Wears Prada. I'm very proud of Amazing. that. I'm like backstage for a half a second. So you can't miss it. You absolutely can miss it. But my first big break was, well, I did a pilot for NBC that failed um, with Dan Fogelman, who created This Is Us. And then my first like big break was Just Go With It, movie that we shot eight years ago. is it is
0: it easier personally because I know there's a lot of pressure in modeling industry to look a certain way Mm -hmm. I think that's changing a lot has it changed for you personally like have you seen the modeling industry change and then you know going from modeling to acting has that been somewhat of a relief I mean you you look like a model just for the record
2: but
1: like it's a different it's a different standard it is I this is going to sound crazy I'm not that it matters. I am a size four. And when I was modeling, I was considered too big at the time, which is crazy. It's so inappropriate and horrible and shocking and awful. And I was considered too big for a lot of clients. Um, and so work was a struggle. It, it, it's strange because like I was doing Sports Illustrated, which is world renowned and people see it and people recognize women who are in that magazine and they were wonderful to me and they encourage all body types they are incredibly inclusive. And it's one of the few publications that's actually been run by women from the start, which very few people know it's only wow. had a female editor. So it's like the, it's basically the image of sexuality from a women a woman's perspective, which is kind of interesting and I think never talked about. Um, so that's really cool. And I was doing that. So I think people look from the outside and are like, Oh yeah, you were really successful as a model. But when you look beyond that, There was a lot that I wasn't able to do because I wasn't, I didn't fit into what the standard was at that time. And what I've seen change is now it's incredibly inclusive. And what really took off after I stopped was Instagram and Twitter, which for all their faults, I think have been a really big asset for models because it gives them a voice and it gives them an identity and they get to create a personality for themselves, or at least share the a side of themselves that people don't get to see Mm -hmm. and so I think more than ever we're seeing kind of the rise or the resurgence of the supermodel because people fall in love with these women not only for how they look but for who they are who they think they are Mm -hmm. um, based on what these women are putting out there and so that's a gift I think for women to have now yeah it gives them more of a voice the
0: runways look pretty different now and especially you know it's like there's a lot to be said for these like Celebrity spawn—I don't know if that's the term, but like like, the—is that new? I like that. Celebrity spawn. I think think so. Okay. I didn't make. I don't think I made it up. But you know the Gigi Hadids and Kendall Jenner's of the world. You know, yes, they're you know they wound up modeling partially because they're in the public eye, but they're also. A lot healthier looking than i mean even at their thinnest they're a lot healthier looking than would have been on the runways for a while i think so too so i guess i mean i don't know we don't have to have a conversation about how Gigi hadid is leading progress in right modeling no, industry yes, right. but but um, it is nice just,
1: to see yeah some diversity in size and nationality and gender on the runway that's really exciting Brooklyn acts alongside
0: Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda on the Netflix series Grace and Frankie. I asked her, what is it like to work with such legends?
1: It is such a privilege to work with the two of them because not only are they incredibly talented and Emmy-nominated Oscar winners, like there's the, the list of accolades is never-ending, but they are... Really leading the way in this, I don't want to say new because women have been fighting for feminism for many, many, many decades, but they are really leading the charge. And so as actors, it's just a joy to watch them and to appreciate their talent. But as women and friends, it is such a privilege to to sort of like be in their wake. You know, it's it's. It's really amazing to see, and and they just both work tirelessly, and they're advocates for equality for not only women but minorities and refugees. And they're just they're doing such good work in the world. And they don't have to; they've proven themselves. You know, I mean, Jane just turned eighty, and like if I was her, I think I'd be sipping margaritas on a beach where no one could find me. And she is still just fighting the good fight. And not to say that she can't at eighty. My point is, most people would sort of rest on their laurels at that age and yeah like I'm done I just want to live for myself and she doesn't she's incredibly selfless in her approach
0: do you ever f- feel like do you ever experience imposter syndrome are you familiar All with that the time yeah I've I'm, actually
1: had several friends kind of talk to me about it and like sit me down and say you probably need to just accept that you're here now and this is who uh-huh, you are and that's okay it. exactly uh-huh. but I think that's sort of my constant state of mind is living with imposter syndrome And I don't know that that ever goes away. And I think in some ways it's healthy and then other ways you really have to get over it. And I haven't quite learned how to get over it yet.
0: Brooklyn is the co-founder of a startup, a series regular actress on a hit Netflix series, a mother and a wife. She's doing a lot. I asked her how she manages to balance all of her roles with her own self-care and tips for other multi-hyphenates out there.
1: It's hard. It's It's a challenge. Like you definitely feel like you are not enough all the time you feel like you are failing someone at work or you're failing someone at home or you're failing yourself i feel like that doesn't go away but i think what has helped me so much in the transition is hearing other women who maybe they don't have children maybe they do but who are wearing several hats i think i think like most women are these days who share in the i don't want to say struggle but share in the challenges mm-hmm. Of being a multifaceted human, and I think just, I think now, like, and I don't know if it's attributed to social media, but I feel like women are—we're really showing our flaws in like really beautiful way, and that makes me feel good. (laughs) You know, I just feel like I'm not alone. Yeah, when I feel like I'm failing someone. Yeah, that's
0: the thing—the failing someone thing. I've experienced a lot, and there is a certain. I still, I still feel. Guilt, and I still feel like I'm failing people. But there's there's a core now that I've developed that's like I'm gonna be disappointing somebody any at any given time. Like if you have. I guess, found enough of like a fit with what you're doing or have enough, if you're busy enough, if you have enough people relying on you, like if you have a large enough family, if you're a parent, like, you know, if you have enough responsibility at work, if you have a partner who cares about you, it doesn't mean you're like, you know, rolling in the dough necessarily, but if you have enough responsibilities and commitments, which I don't know, means maybe you have a pretty rich life, there's a point where, you're going to be disappointing somebody mm-hmm. at any given time and yeah. not everybody can accept that and i think it can be really hard and especially hard for
1: moms from what i've what i've heard yeah i mean mom guilt is very real and i think what you have to do is just surround yourself with people who understand and who are there to support you even when you're not your best and are there to celebrate with you when you are your best and and I mean, fortunately, you know, our company at Finery, it's run by women. We have a female CEO, my business partner, Whitney. We have our head of marketing as a woman. Our team is, is mostly comprised of women. I mean, we have a lot of really wonderful, brilliant men on board as well. But just having... A female-centric company has been such a privilege, too, because if I have to go, I remember last week we had a call, and I had, this is another thing we can get into later, but I had an interview for my two-and-a-half-year-old for a preschool, which is crazy in itself. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I can't get on this call. I have to make sure my two-and-a-half-year-old kid, like, puts on his best face (laughs) and gets into this school, which Mm -hmm. sounds ridiculous. It's preschool, but Whitney, my business partner, is like, go, go, go. That's important. You have a life. And so there's definitely an understanding at work because we're all women, and we do understand that we have full lives, and work takes up a huge part of that, but people are different people outside of work, and they have responsibilities to their families and their friends and everything else that they have to run and take care of. And I think it really helps when you know, you work in an environment where people are like, you have an anniversary with your husband, or you have your best friend's wedding. Go. Mm-hmm. You have a life. Do your thing. We can handle it. And so- that is just a nice, forgiving environment in which you can thrive, which is great. It's been really helpful as I've transitioned to being a mom, yeah. of two children. Yeah. It takes a village. It definitely takes a village. There
0: are a lot of working moms who are told, Well, where's your, you know, there was someone I was with, we were actually pitching a TV show recently. And. We were talking about the different kind of experience that women have in the workplace. And she comes out to L.A. She lives in the U.K. She comes out to L.A. and people say, well, who's taking care of your kid? And there's no way that like a man travels for work and is like in a meeting and someone asks, well, who's taking care of your child? And there's a judgment around
1: that. Yep. Um, Have you experienced that? I definitely get the question a lot. And the answer is my husband because he's their father (laughs) and he's an equal caregiver in this relationship. Like that's what parents do. I mean, he's a saint and I know a lot of friends who have husbands who have not stayed alone with their kids. And so I'm really lucky to have a husband who's as equal a parent as I am, which I do think is unusual. But I, yeah, I do get the question. I, again, like I think we're getting better about those questions. I think the conversation is moving in the right direction and that's really exciting. But I certainly, I mean, like, as much as I want to be here working, my kids are right now in North Carolina with my husband, and as much as I want to be here in Los Angeles working, there's a part of me that feels incredibly guilty that I'm not with them. And it certainly doesn't help when people are like, oh, you're not caring for your children right now? Mm. But I have to say, I grew up with a working mom. She was a nurse in the ICU, so she was quite literally saving lives at all hours of the day, and she missed things often. She would miss competitions or games or matches, and... Never once did I begrudge her. Never once did I think, oh, my mom's not around because she's working. I was always so proud that she was this kick-ass working mom. And I'm not saying that you have to be a working mom to bring your children's children pride, but I do think that a lot of women do feel guilt by pursuing whatever it is that makes them happy or whatever it is that fulfills them because they think that their kids are missing out. And I know for me, having my mom miss things on occasion because she was working and doing something that made her really happy and proud made me proud of her.
0: We're going to continue with Brooklyn in just a minute. But before we do, I also want to talk a little bit about Skillshare. Skillshare, I like to learn. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 20,000 classes and business marketing technology designing more. That was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, if you don't know what Skillshare is, it's a place you can go on the internet specifically skillshare.com, to learn stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whether you're trying to deepen your professional skill set, start a side hustle, explore a new passion... Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving they literally have a course on how to get venture capital and Mm -hmm. angel investor funding big conversation in this episode or Mm -hmm. just take a class called modern watercolor techniques that's the one I took and I loved it
2: awesome you know this just inspired me I'm gonna go take a course Um, I recently started taking photos my friend gave me her camera which was very generous she doesn't know how to use it and I don't really either um, so I'm really excited cuz i'm going to go on to skillshare. I become the master of the camera. So join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare
0: today with a special offer just for our listeners. Get 2 months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right, Skillshare is offering Girl Boss listeners 2 months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. To sign up, go to skillshare.com/girlboss. Again, go to skillshare.com/girlboss to start your 2 months now. That's skillshare.com/girlboss. Now let's get back to our conversation with Brooklyn Decker. Brooklyn is now shifting from actress to entrepreneur with her newest venture, Finery, the world's first automated digital wardrobe platform. Think that thing in Clueless where she scrolls through her closet. Well, it's basically that.
1: She told me a little
0: bit about the project and how she got started.
1: We have not built any content. We are fully tech data and development and we people are like you know there needs to be something that supports what you're doing so that when people are have not signed up for finery they can come and see like oh this is what it's about it's about productivity you have content i can kind of get an idea of what it is and we look to girl boss seriously and heavily to figure out our content that went along with what we're doing because what you guys are doing is so special and your voice is so unique and you're all about productivity and we're not doing the same thing, but our whole platform is built on productivity and making the lives of women just run a little bit more efficiently. And mm-hmm. so we love what you guys are doing. Thank you. And we like would send a lot of articles internally. We're like, this is the tone we're going for. This is what we yeah, want to do. This is what we want to so teach good. women. So that's I so just applaud what you guys are doing here. Thank it's very you.
0: Cool. Finery is gorgeous. I Thank was just you. playing with the app on my way, well,
1: not on my way here, while I was parked. <laughs> um, <Be> safety first. <laughs> tell me tell me about Finery. So we are a management system for your wardrobe, and that's kind of an overarching description, and people are like, great, what's that? When you think about your music, before we had music, we had CD books in our cars. We had them in our windshield. We had them in binders. We had them in CD racks, and never did we think that we could actually access all of our music on our phone, that we could see it, that we could scroll through it, that we could work within it, that we could purchase from it. And when you think about your clothing, it's the last process in the house that still is antiquated. You can't actually be at work or waiting to pick up your kid from school or waiting in the gynecologist's office and figure out what you're going to wear for dinner. And women are spending more money on their clothes than their education. Millennials will wear a piece of clothing only four to five times before they throw it out. We have half a trillion dollars worth of clothing hanging unworn, and it's like, there has to be a better way. I mean, we're spending so much time and money on our clothes, and there's absolutely nothing out there to help us manage our stuff. And we think a big reason why is because it took a woman to create it. It's definitely a pain point that women can relate to more than men. And when you look at businesses and funding, it's hard for women to get capital. And so when you're really speaking to a pain point that women share, it becomes even more challenging. And so, you know, I can control my thermostat from my phone. I can check on my kids' baby monitor from my phone, but I can't actually, when I'm shopping, go and see if I already own a black blazer in my closet. It's ridiculous. And so we essentially created the Clueless Closet Mm -hmm. in your phone. So it's an
0: incredible idea. A lot of people have ideas. Mm -hmm. Everyone listening to this podcast has an idea. Yep. But we all start somewhere. Where did you start?
1: So my business partner, Whitney took a really interesting approach and it's something I advise everyone do when you have an idea because what makes us so I think interesting but also is a huge challenge for us is there's a lot of education required with what we do. We really have to explain what we're doing because it is so innovative and it hasn't been done before. And with that comes a lot of responsibility and challenge. And really where it started and it doesn't have to be a huge mountain Whitney, my business partner, said there has to be a technology out there that's applied to other processes that we can use and apply to to the wardrobe. And there was. And things like Mint, which basically consolidates all of your spending so you can keep track of it. Um, TripIt, which consolidates if you have a rental car reservation or hotel reservation, consolidates it into one itineraries out there. So it's like, is there a way to take this technology and apply it to our purchases so that we can haul them into one space so you can just see what you have instead of having to actually go in your closet and thumb through your clothes? And that's exactly what we did. And the reason why it hadn't been done before, aside from a woman not doing it, is because it's incredibly complicated technology especially when you're talking about clothing, because there has to be essentially a ticket for every item of clothing that exists. So it's incredibly complicated, and we just got our patent on the tech, which is really exciting and very hard to get. It took us over a year. But that's why it hadn't been done before, because it was challenging. And so what we did, the first step was really looking kind of at other technologies that could be applied to what we were trying to do and the problem we were trying to solve, and then move from there. And I think that's something that a lot of women can do like you don't necessarily have to look at your space though i i highly advise you know your space that you're entering but you can look out there and see is there something else out there that is like who would think that that travel itineraries could be applied to your clothing reverse engineer it exactly exactly
0: What's similar that's been done. Yeah. I always say to people who are like, How did you get this job? How did you become a VP of marketing? And it's like, if you want to know how a VP of marketing became a VP of marketing, go find one on LinkedIn and look at their job history. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Start there. Exactly. You know, it's different for everybody, but you can learn a lot just through the patterns of, you know, how other people have done something that's similar, exactly right. not always the same, yep. but similar. Uh, so did you
1: start by learning to code? Did you start by putting a deck together? God, no. We there was a head of product who is our is our current acting head of product who is a friend of ours who Whitney my business partner was on his board he had a news app and it kind of got swallowed by Apple News and Newsfeed on Facebook, um, but he had some experience building an app. We definitely wanted to set out for desktop first because people browse on their phones thanks to Instagram, but most online purchases, I'm sure you know this, are done on your desktop, 70%. So we wanted to build a desktop product first and that's what we launched with a year ago. So we started with someone who understood technology and then we hired developers. And that seems like it can be really challenging and you need a lot of capital up front. but I highly recommend if people are out there who want to start a business and don't necessarily have the resources to pay employees, talk about equity. Talk about giving them a share of the company. And people are going to be more invested if they feel like they benefit from the success of the company, not just a salary. And so that was really big for us in the beginning was making sure that our team members all had a stake so that they were with us and they stayed with us and they really cared about the success of the company, not just the paycheck they were getting every week. Mm-hmm. And so we hired developers and drew wireframes and developed a flow that we didn't know if it would work or not and it did it worked really well not well enough because we ended up doing a big raise last year um, and hiring uh, an agency to come in and just overhaul it and fix our UI UX because we're not UI UX designers so we really wanted an expert to come in and kind of navigate that for us but we just... Literally like we have Whitney's in here with me, we have notebooks full of wireframes and just flows drawn out mm-hmm. just to say like this is what I want a shirt to look like, this is what I want the item card to look like, this is where I want the share button to be. I mean all of that. It's just it's a fun. It was instinct. It was it's really a fun. little bit
0: of playing God, right? It's like It is actually. I've it's... never thought of it that way, but yes. Brooklyn has been working hard raising funding for Finery. In a recent round of pitching to investors, she raised $5 million. I asked her what the experience of raising money has been like for her and her advice for fellow startup founders on how to approach the process of funding your company.
1: So our lead is NEA, Tony Florence at NEA, Um, BBG in New York, Um, C Ventures, Halogen Ventures out here. Um, We had a lot of angel investors. We raised from a lot of we did a a friends and family in the early days um mostly comprised of women which we're really proud of um let's
0: name all those women for everyone on this podcast to go email right now so So there's built by girls which is susan susan halogen is jesse draper Draper.
1: we went to miroslava duma who has fashion tech labs we went to nasiba adilova who is the co-founder of the tot um, but she and her husband have a home office whitney and i invested ourselves and yeah, and we tried to really look for female investors in the beginning it's, it's, because it's hard. It's, it's it is I hard. Hate saying that, it's like saying, like, it's hard to hire for diversity. No,
0: you have to go try. Yeah. You have to try a little harder because yes. people aren't gonna fall in your lap. Yes. Right.
1: But it's there aren't a there aren't a lot of women out there who enough. are running funds, but I will say something that's really interesting is I have a friend who's actually doing a startup now and she went out to friends for sort of a friends and family round and none of her friends have ever invested. And we're not talking $50,000. We're not talking $100,000. We're talking a couple grand here and there. And and I'm not saying that's not a lot of money, but a lot of these women were like, oh, I have some savings. I didn't know that I could actually invest it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's sort of this network of boys who see deal flow and who are like, oh, this company's starting and it's by this founder and I want to invest in them because they've proven success. And I feel like until very recently recently, I just I know I wasn't exposed to that as a female, and I didn't know that I could invest. I just didn't think of that as an option, as a way to sort of save or make my money grow. And so I think we're seeing, or hopefully we'll see a lot of women get into that space. Like, oh, I can make my $2,000 grow if I invest in a local business quicker than I could in a savings account. And obviously there's more risk involved, but I think a lot of women are learning that they too can invest in things they believe in. Did you get told no a lot? Yeah, of course. Of course we did, especially because we're building a product for women that solves a problem that women have and it's not a problem that most men necessarily understand or have themselves so there was a lot of explanation like we would have a 30 minute pitch and we would have to spend 7 of those precious 30 minutes to explain why this was important to women to explain Mm -hmm. how much time women are spending a week getting dressed which is 2 hours and then you talk to them a second time and they're like well I talked to my wife and there was a lot of that there's a lot of talking
0: she she said she'd do something
1: like this to the wives that's exactly that's exactly what it was Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because like Jen Hyman for example she was like a VC's wife I probably isn't going to be renting clothing for a nice event, you know. So, so that that can be prohibitive. But yeah, it's just it's saying like it's I'm your, I would be
0: your investor, but I don't know enough about what you're doing to invest. But like, it's like a degree removed or something like that. It is.
1: That. It's, but I will say like it's people. It's an exciting time for women because women before us have paved the way and made it so that. VCs specifically are like, oh, women have the household spending power and there's actually success when females are running companies. So let's find women-run companies to invest in. So I think now more than ever, it's a really exciting time for women to go out and raise money because VCs are hungry to have women in their portfolio. I don't know if the reasons are in the right place, but still, it's your yeah. time to shine. Ladies. Either way, it's for the better good. Yes.
0: So what happens if I sign up for Finery? Mm-hmm. What happens?
1: You sign up for Finery. We get all of your wardrobe items from the last 10 years and put them into an online closet for you automatically. And that's the tech we have a patent on. And then we have a browser extension that works kind of like a Pinterest button. So on any shopping site, you'll see the little F in the corner. Now it's going to be our, our new logo. And you click that button and you can add it to wardrobe. So say you're shopping in-store and you find a great jacket at Zara that's polka dotted, you can Google polka dotted Zara jacket. And as long as you see an image in a Google search, you can just click the F button and add it to your wardrobe. And before the idea of a virtual closet meant a lot of manual entry. It meant taking pictures of your items and uploading them, which doesn't really save you time. And our goal is to save you time. So we figured out how to automate that process. So you log in and we give you all of your wardrobe that you've purchased online and then you can click any of those items and you can see inspo. So if you're like, hey, I want to wear this pair of gray plaid pants, you can go in your wardrobe, click on it, and then we'll give you all these street style looks to show you how to wear it so that you're not spending time in the morning trying on a bajillion things and you're not figuring out what to wear. But how does the
0: technology know that they're gray plaid pants? Because it's importing gray plaid pants from mm-hmm. an email where mm-hmm. they might be called Brooklyn pants. Like yep. there may be no descriptors.
1: That's why it's been very difficult. Of that item. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's and why it's been so hard. somehow
0: the system knows that they're gray and plaid and can show you. A, uh, finding other gray plaid pants is less hard yes. than knowing that there's a photo of gray plaid pants right. Yes.
1: And most receipts don't have an image on them, so we do have to find them. And so and you know this, a lot of retailers will change their receipts every 6 months or so. So our tech is constantly keeping up Has with to, that. like crawl new things. It's like constantly updating. Exactly. Constantly updating agents so that we are able to get the right items, and in, for example, J. Crew um, were less accurate because they'll it'll say chino and they make most of their stuff in like six color ways. So someone will go into their closet and they'll see a khaki chino when they bought a yellow chino. So there is an option to sign into your account. So via Finery, you can sign into your ASOS account or your J. Crew account or your Net-a-Porter account, and then that way we're getting the exact color, but. Our accuracy is pretty spot on. I think we're up to 93% accurate now with identifying the item and having the right picture. But obviously, you can up that if you sign into your store accounts.
0: And one thing you can do with enough leverage is be like, hey, change your invoices so that we can search you better. Yep. And we'll, you know, prioritize you on our platform because you're playing
1: nice. If enough people are on the platform, then yes, retailers. It's kind of like how... Anywhere you are now, if there's an image on a site, you can share it via Twitter, via Pinterest, via Instagram. And those are now embedded into all these sites because so many people are using those to share. And so it's really similar with us. If enough people are on there, yes, retailers will want their clothing on the site. Because if you're a shopper and you know that all of your – you know, ASOS purchases are perfectly photographed and look beautiful in your wardrobe. Therefore, you want to shop more at ASOS, or you want to share more from ASOS. Then it only benefits ASOS to make sure that their items are perfect in our feed. So yes, there's a lot of potential. But right now, we're retailer agnostic because we really wanted to be a, an advocate for the consumer, and we give you return reminders. That can be really tricky. Like you forget a return window, then you have a dress with tags hanging in your closet for years. And so we send you a notification: you have two days left to return this item. We That's really. That's if you
0: shop through the app.
1: No. No, wow. it's just anywhere you shop online. We send you notifications. So, our whole idea is like we really want to encourage our users to wear what they have and to shop less. But look, I'm a true consumer. I love to shop. And so, if our users want to shop great, buy something you don't already have 10 of. Just be an informed consumer. That's the goal.
0: So, there's a couple questions I ask everybody who comes on Girl Boss Radio. One of them is about success success is this word that I don't know what it means. It's a different definition for everybody. Mm-hmm. It can mean money for some people. can mean family for others. Hopefully, I mean, maybe it's a mix for others. It'd be weird if somebody didn't care at all about money. But it's definitely, mm-hmm. it,
1: you know, it's, it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. What does success mean to you? With finery, success means us having a huge exit, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is because as soon as... A woman has a big exit. You look at Stitch Fix, for example, you know, IPO, it's like that creates huge opportunities for other women down the road. And we're here in large part because women have helped us. And so, Whitney and I always say, like, once we have a big exit, we're going to start a fund and help other women. That's my dream. Yeah. Just call me. Yeah. That's success. Let's both have,
0: I'm not in any hurry. Right. That is a goal. Investing just seems like so much fun. Yeah. Because you get to like learn. I mean, when you're an entrepreneur, you get to learn full time. But when you're an investor, you get to learn full time and then not take
1: responsibility
0: for stuff that
1: happens. Well, you have to know about a lot. You have to be really well-versed and have expertise in a lot of different areas. And I think that challenge in itself is really exciting. And just to be able to be like, look, here are my learnings. This is what my experience was. And I want you to use it to help in your process and I think Mm. that is super exciting so with finery that is success and then otherwise this is obnoxious but like I have two healthy kids and that is I mean I'm so damn lucky to have that and that feels like a big success I might totally fuck them up can I say the f word on this I might totally fuck my kids up but right now they're happy seven months and two and a half you know that's all that matters right now so that's yeah that's successful to me Before she left, I asked Brooklyn to share her most recent girl boss moment. Most recent girl boss moment would, I mean, right now I'm taking on growth with our users, with our head of marketing at Finery. And so, as small as our growth targets are right now, because we just started this about six weeks ago, hitting growth targets, it feels really good. And we haven't hit all of them and we've fallen short on two weeks, but then we make up for it the next week and hitting those growth targets feels really good. It's just like a tangible task that is checked weekly and it's just a nice way to, if you're doing well, give yourself a pat on the back. And if you're not doing well, it allows you to kind of react and iterate quickly. So
0: I want to give you some more girl boss moments like that. Where can our listeners go access Finery?
1: Finery Finery.com. That's desktop. And you can sign up there if you shop online or if you just prefer using your computer, but also in the App Store. Finery, it's free. It's totally free for now. We will eventually charge and monetize, but we just want to grow our user base right now. So download in the App Store or finery.com. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me thank on Girlboss Radio. Me. Thank, this thank has you. It's been really
0: nice. It has. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining us on Girlboss Radio today. Remember, go to thefuture.girlboss.com. And while you're here, subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, tell your friends, go find other Girlboss Radio Network podcasts by going to girlboss.com and clicking on radio at the top of the homepage. Or just dick around here in podcasts. Look for Jen Gotch's OK Sometimes, which is such a great show. And we also have one called hashtag lip stories. Hey guys. All right. That's it. See you next week.